I don't know what to tell you. That's not going to stop me from talking. It's the news, according to me. <sighs> Good morning. Tuesday morning, September 12th. 8.02 a.m. Eastern Standard Time. I'm at the home office studios this morning again because of late night activities at my house. I was up mowing my yard with a flashlight last night. It just rained all day yesterday. It wasn't supposed to rain. It ended up raining all day. So I ended up being out in the out in the yard riding around the mower that I had to rent, by the way, because my mower's broken. So I ended up riding around in this mower with a flashlight in my hand until about, I think it was about 11 o'clock when I got in last night. Mowed mostly, almost entirely in the dark. Because that's just the kind of guy I am. Because today, I have to run off and do my thing. I have to I'll probably go to Chicago today. So who knows where I'm going to end up at. But I, I got to be over close to Chicago because I'm probably going to have to fly out of there today. I just don't know where I'm going yet. I don't know. I have no idea. However, uh, that won't stop me from going. Just because I don't know where I'm going, this doesn't, doesn't mean I'm going to keep going. I just got to keep going. Oh, yeah, I, gotta, uh, I just saw something in my inbox here. I got to do that, too. There's just one more thing. There's all kinds of things in my inbox here this morning. Anyway, the um, more and more things, more and more things. Just keep uh, ramping up here with all the stuff that's going on. Uh, interestingly enough, people are, I think people are starting to get a little bit uh, fed up with all the woke stuff. It's my speculation. I'm not positive of that. I just have a sneaking suspicion. It's sneaking, sneaking around. I'm pretty sure uh, that there's that this is that they're they're running into some problems right now. Now, and, be, and here's the here's the problem with all this is that people will forget what how bad this was. We have a DOJ right now. I think we have probably the most corrupt administration in my lifetime right now. I the Clinton administration was fairly corrupt. There was some corruption involved, of course, and there was a lot of stuff going on behind the scenes. And, the, 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 of course, then there was the whole finagling and shenanigans that were going on with Bill Clinton. With his philanthropy, whatever, whatever you want to call it, that stuff. The... And he had a DOJ that was doing some weird stuff, and the IRS was doing some weird stuff. Now, the, the, what's interesting about that is during the Obama administration, now, now keep in mind, the surveillance that happened of, that was going on with Donald Trump happened under Obama's administration. And he is untouchable. There are very few Republicans, especially establishment Republicans, who want to have anything to do with calling out anything that happened during the Obama administration. Because he is the the sacred one on the left. And he was a very popular president, as far as we know. 
he won the first time. Now, in 2008, I have no doubt that he won the election. No doubt. After that happened, I really expected to start seeing some unity and some, some rolling back of the racial division in our nation. Once and for all, we were, we we're proving as a nation that we are not a majority racist nation. Because if we were, there would not have been a landslide victory for a black man as president. Indiana, of all states, it's a truly red state, turned blue in, 20, in 2008. Very unusual. A few months later, we realized that this guy was a fraud. He wasn't, wasn't doing anything. The rhetoric only increased, not decreased. And the rhetoric among certain groups and certain cultures and certain ethnic groups started ramping up. And the message was not one of reconciliation and healing. It was one of retribution and vengeance. This did nothing. This did nothing to bring about healing in our nation. You know, when you were a kid and you had a scab, your mom would tell you not to pick it. But that's what kids do. Pick it, kids. It's just, you know, it's just so easy to pick that scab. So you pick it and it bleeds again. It never really heals because, you know, then it can get infected after that. Keep picking that scab. Just keep picking it. Pretty, pretty gross analogy, isn't it? But that's, that's what's happening here. They can't let that scab heal. They can't let that wound heal because if it does, their jobs are over. Their control is over. There can't be reconciliation. There can't be forgiveness, healing. That's not what they want. They want division. They thrive on division. The left thrives on that. They want to divide us up into groups because they can control groups. They hate this idea of individual rights. And that they have to stick up for the individual, the little guy. It's like this governor from New Mexico just deciding to, with the stroke of a pen, well, it's an emergency. It's an emergency, so I have to take away your Second Amendment rights. I'm sending a loud message. Can't carry a gun because there's too many shootings. Oh, that's going to stop the criminals. Oh, the criminals go, oh man, now I can't rob a bank. I can't. I can't carry my gun around now. Now, they're going to play with this. I guarantee you, they're, they're going to play with this idea that she's, she's going to get away with this for 30 days. It's a 30-day emergency thing. And they're going to show how the, the shooting 
the shootings went go are they going to are they going to go down? They're going to play with these numbers. They're going to oh look, the number of shootings went down. The number of you know killings went down. With they're going to do something to play with those numbers. They always do. It's going to change the change the crime rate. Change change the way they count the numbers. They they do this they do this all the time. They they play with those statistics and it's just it's pathetic. It's actually very deceiving and very deceitful. I'll just say what it is. It's evil. What's not evil is what's in my cup. I have a uh I have a creamy chai latte with Cinnabon creamer in it. And I also have uh, my backup cup here. I do have my backup cup with me this morning, but it doesn't have any ice in it, so it's hopefully it's still cold. It's sweet tea. Uh, it's not sweet iced tea because there's no ice in there. The ice all melted. This this cup is just not very well insulated. It's a clear cup. It's a clear plastic cup. And I think it's got a crack or something in it. So it doesn't really insulate very well anymore. It used to insulate pretty well. No more. So now you know. So the, the IRS, let's, let's get getting back to this whole thing. Now the, the, as far as we know, the Clinton administration did some shenanigans with the IRS. They, they came after some people. I, no, people don't really remember this. I don't remember the name of the individual who was the head of the IRS at the time, but I, I do know that there were some businesses. The ATF, I think, I think during the Clinton administration, the ATF became the BATF or the BATFE. What, what, I think it was, uh, yeah, because they added an E to it. Uh, Bureau of Alcohol, Tobacco, and Firearms and Explosives, I think is what it is now. I think that was done that might have been done during the Clinton administration, but I'm pretty sure it was done during the uh, Clinton administration, the very, very end of the Clinton administration. And if you don't remember Fast and Furious and all that kind of stuff that was going on back then, when the, the gun running that was happening under Holder as the attorney general, that was a scandal that should have had every single one of them people should have been impeached for all that stuff. And you can't tell me Obama didn't know about it. Obama was famous for saying, I read about it in the same news reports that you read about it. I saw it on the television show. I saw, I saw, I saw it on the television. That has been their standard answer. Now, this is what I've even heard. I've even heard Biden say that. I just, I just saw it on television. How much time do you spend watching television? You sit around watching television? You watch the evening news? You have time for that? Leader of the free world, supposedly. Busiest man, busiest job on the planet. Yeah, I said I was just sitting around watching television, drinking my coffee and reading my newspaper. Oh, really? So you just work eight hours a day. That's what you do. Now, I've got a... Actually, I think I downloaded it on my phone. I think, what did I do with it? I save it? I might have saved it in my watch later stuff. I, it's, I saved this uh, audio. And I probably should have recorded it. Actually, I should have recorded it before I got on here. That's my, my bad. My bad. I'm going to pull up... Uh, see if I can pull this up and see if we can play it before the end of the... It is pathetic. It's, it's, this has to be, you have to hear this in order to really appreciate how pathetic uh, this guy has gotten become. Now, having said that, uh, there's, there's two things, basically. I want to talk about the ineptness of Joe Biden. I also want to talk a little bit about the, uh, this thing about the IRS. And it's, I, just, I saw some reports about it for the last couple of days, and I just now I'm finding out more about what's going on. And it's, I, it is actually very uh, disturbing. Especially when you 
consider uh, how the IRS has been in the past, the way they've been and the way they, what we can expect out of them now. But I think, uh, let's see if I can find it here. In fact, this, it should be under this, uh, my saved watch later stuff, I think is where it should be. But there was a, a clip on a – and everybody's been playing this stuff. Uh, there's a montage of Joe Biden over in Vietnam because he, he thought it was really important to go to Vietnam right before 9-11. And I think he had to – actually on 9-11, he stopped in, in, in Alaska because, you know, Alaska is ground zero on 9-11. Now, my understanding this morning now, my, my understanding is that McCarthy is going to – they're going to launch into a, an impeachment inquiry. Now, this – the impeachment inquiry supposedly gives them a lot more authority to gather information. Here's the problem. The – of all things, NARA, the National Archives Records Administration or whatever they are, is refusing to give documents to a congressional hearing, congressional oversight inquiry. They have subpoenaed them and said, no, your subpoena doesn't do any good. Does this sound familiar? So I'm to understand now that if the president has personal documents that he had with him the entire time he was in the White House, and he takes those home with him after he leaves office, NARA can come after you, and if you don't, you're going to go to jail. You're going to be arrested. You're going to be, your house is going to be raided, even though they're, they're in a locked-up room. But if NARA doesn't want to give Congress, doesn't want to submit to a subpoena, they just say, you know, go pound sand. Sounds to me like someone should be now, and and also, how does NARA, how does the archives department get to tell the FBI what to do? Oh, you need to go raid them and get those records back. Who decides that? Well, I'll tell you who decides that. It's the DOJ who decides that, and that's we're talking about the AG. This has to be signed off by the AG, Merrick Garland knew full well what he was doing when he approved of the raid on Donald Trump's house. Strangely enough, they didn't raid Joe Biden's house for having documents illegally. Illegally had documents. He broke the law having those documents. Mike Pence was breaking the law with the documents he had. He had no right to take them home. He had no right to negotiate. Why did he return them right away? Why, why did they return them right away? Because they had no right to have them in the first place. Donald Trump was negotiating with NARA because he had a right to have, he believed he had a right to have them. They were negotiating over what, right, what's, what documents he can have and what they couldn't have. This happens with every president who leaves the office. Doesn't happen with vice presidents. Doesn't happen with secretaries of state.
Hillary Clinton was never a president. She was never a vice president. She was secretary of state. What she did was far more illegal than anything Trump did. But she's walking around saying she still, she got the election taken and stolen from her. He knows he's not a valid president. Oh, but Joe Biden is. Even though hundreds of thousands of votes were done illegally. But we can't talk about that because you'll, you'll get censored because that's what fascism is. The taking away of our rights, just like the New Mexico Second Amendment thing, that's fascism. Taking away your civil rights. Censoring you. Your First Amendment rights. Your Second Amendment rights. During COVID, it was almost all your rights. Your right to worship? No, don't have that anymore. So, AI is coming to an IRS office near you. The, uh, the supposed Recession Reduction Act, or whatever it was, or Inflation Reduction Act, well, I think it was, yeah, Inflation Reduction Act, sorry. Uh, that was an interesting bill that was signed, and it had nothing to do with inflation, actually. They wanted $80 billion, by the way. $80 billion that they were going to give to the IRS. Sorry, they were going to give $80 billion to the IRS. The Congress actually went in and clawed back about $20 billion of that. Now, I did some math on this. It's estimated, I guess, that every year about 15% of income taxes that could be collected are not collected because people don't pay them for one reason or another. They cheat on them. They don't, they don't, get, they don't get what they should get because they – people who are making money that they're not reporting, it ends up being about 15% of the taxes that they could, could collect don't get collected. Now, they, they, just, they don't say income tax. They just say taxes in this report that was put out. So it's not necessarily just income taxes, but that's what they're going after. Because, you know, if you have a little weekend band, if you play in a band on the weekends and you make 100 bucks or whatever you make, or you play, you know, you say so you sit down and you play some music at a place, and they they give you a check for hundred bucks, or two hundred bucks, whatever it is. Interesting. I I play a lot of churches, and this last week I played at a church, and it's it's interesting. And I'm not saying I I, I don't don't even know if I'm going to cash the check. They give me they give they they give me I they typically will give me like a stipend. They'll give me like a an honorarium or whatever what do they call it. It's just like a little thing. Which is, it, you know, pays for the gas, pays for, you know, strings, guitar, wear and tear, some of that kind of stuff, which is nice. That's, it's very nice. And, and, I, and I don't really want to take money from the church. I really don't. I, I, I do that because it's, I'm blessed by just being able to lead, you know, people in singing. I just, that's, that's more of a blessing than the money will ever be. So I put that money, usually, usually if I do take money from them, I'll, I'll put it in an account. And when I go to other places that, where I help with worship, if they need something, I will buy them. I'll buy it out of that fund. Oh, you don't have a microphone? I'll, I'll buy you a microphone. 
that, that money gets passed around. And sometimes I'll even, even give the church something like a sound system or something that they, it's way worth way more than what they paid me for doing worship for them. But that's, that's what I do. That's just, that's just how I do that. Because I don't feel like, but, but anyway, it's, but I do feel like the church needs to pay something because it's, it's worth something. And here's the thing. If you, if you were a bar and you hired people to come in, someone to come in and play music for the, for the evening, you'd probably get four or $500 for that. But you come in and you lead people into the throne room before God, here's, here, here's 50 bucks. And it's nuts. But what I'm saying is the church needs to value it more. Now, the problem with that is then people start doing it for the money. And that's another issue there. There's a lot of non, non-believers, believe it or not, in, on worship teams, and they're there because they're getting paid. Now, they're good musicians. That's the way you get good musicians. You, you, you pay them. Get professional musicians in there. But that doesn't necessarily mean they're going to be believers. And that can lead to an issue as well. And there's something spiritually that seems like it's just wrong about that. Because everybody on that team is leading people in worship. And I, I just, I, I, I don't know. I just, sometimes I have an issue with that. However, there's also a ministry going on there to that person. So that, you know, is, you have to take it on a person-by-person basis. I don't think you can just make a blanket statement and say, you can't have anybody on the team that's not, not a believer. And you can't say that everybody on the team can't be a believer. Or you, you can't just make those decisions. You can't just make a blanket statement like that, in my opinion. I think you have to really be sensitive to what's, you know, what's the situation here? What's, what's God saying in this situation? What, what do we need to do here? But I digress. We have a <clears> – <throat> so a guy goes out and does a band, and he makes us 400 bucks on a weekend. The IRS wants to come after that. That's, that's the kind of – that's what they claim. Now, there's the majority of the money that's out there that is not – what they, so what they want to do is they want to use AI now. And, and along with all these agents that they're going to hire, they're going to basically double in size. Well, we're only going after the mega rich, the, the billionaires and the millionaires. There are only about 700 billionaires in the nation. If that, then that's, that's a low, that's actually a high estimate. That's, there's probably fewer than that. But there's, there's about 700 people in, people, individuals in this country, uh, 300 million, that are actually have a, a worth of a billion dollars or more. Now, most of those people probably don't work an eight-hour day. They don't work like, they're not working a nine-to-five job, put it that way. They don't really have an income, so to speak. They're not getting withholdings in their paycheck. They're they're making money on dividends and stock, you know, stock uh, payouts and that kind of thing. They're they're not they're not getting a payroll check. It, but the IRS is going to supposedly that's what they're they're hiring all these people for. 
Now, if you do the math on this, I think that's it comes out to about four hundred and what is it, four hundred and ninety billion dollars, I think, a year. That fifteen percent. Four hundred and ninety billion dollars or four almost fifty fifty billion dollars. No, no, four. No, almost almost five hundred billion. I'm sorry, almost five hundred billion dollars. Just just under five hundred billion dollars a year that they're missing out on because of this fifteen percent. This is this was based on numbers back in from twenty fourteen to twenty sixteen. So about half a billion <clears throat> is being lost, which you know that they'll spend half they'll spend a billion dollars in a heartbeat on who knows what. They just released a whole bunch of money to Iran again that they were freezing. Well, it was a prisoner exchange. They, we got we got uh, five or six prisoners from them. But you know what? We also gave them five or six prisoners that we were holding. So shouldn't it should have just been a prisoner-prisoner exchange instead of a prisoner-prisoner and then, hey, let's release all this money. And we're talking billions of dollars. I wonder if Valerie Jarrett, who comes from Iran, had anything to do with that. Valerie Jarrett was the chief of staff for Barack Obama for eight years, his entire term. That's unheard of for a chief of staff to last that long. Now, by the way, she, was, she is the brains of Obama. She, she, had, she literally is his brains. There is on record several times he was in meetings with people and couldn't get along and couldn't, couldn't get something worked out. He walked out of the room, went and got Valerie, and she came in and settled the matter. Who's in charge? If, if that, who's in charge of that situation right there? Barack Obama moves out of the White House. And guess who moves into the same, same housing complex, the same facility? Valerie Jarrett. They live right next to each other. They live basically in the same home, in the same building. This, this is weird stuff. But you, who, who else does it? Who has ever done that? Yeah, this president just moved out of office and took his chief of staff with him to move in with him as well. Her and her, and her husband, supposedly. And of course, his cook that, who ended up dying. And a very strange, by the way, it's, got, it's gotten more strange. This whole story with his, his cook who died on a paddleboard, drowned in eight feet of water. Of course, everybody says eight, eight feet of water. Eight feet of water is eight feet of water. You can't touch bottom. You can't touch bottom. It doesn't matter. And it doesn't matter if it's three feet of water if, if you're unconscious. If you're, it's, it, you can drown in one foot of water, Okay. But th- that's not the point. The problem, the problem with this whole thing is this guy is, is an avid swimmer. He was naked. His clothes were found on shore. The Obamas claimed that they weren't there at the time of this incident. And they were. They left right after the incident. There is, there's more and more to this story. As you start peeling back the onion, there is some really weird stuff going on here. So, I digress. The, but the Obamas openly sigged the IRS out on some certain organizations, some conservative organizations, during his, during his uh, administration. And that, that's very disturbing. 
in my opinion. And by the way, this, this show is going to be fairly short today uh, just because I've got stuff to do. It's not going to go an hour. Let's put it that way. I'm, I am looking for this, uh, this AI thing, though, however. Um, pretty sure. Is it this one right here? No. Oh, it didn't show up on here. I must have, I must have downloaded that one. Huh. Well, where's the uh, Facts Matter one? It's, it's got to be right here somewhere. No, it's not right there. That's kind of odd. Where did it go? Hmm. But it was definitely a Roman Bumblekov uh, Facts Matter. There it is. IRS issuing. Uh, that, that's the one about the IA. Or a, AI, sorry. Uh, but I do not see... Uh, boy, I must have download, <clears throat> downloaded that one. I'll, I'll try to pull it up on my phone here. We can play it. So I'm, I am going to have to connect my roadcaster to my phone <clears throat> so we can play this. Now, in the meantime, um, uh, is this it? Biden rambles in disaster. Is it Fox News? I guess this must, must be the one right here. See if I can pick it out here. <clears throat> um, it's all, it, this is a courtesy of Fox News. I'll put that in there for right now, but I'll, but I'll play that in a little bit. But what they're planning on doing is going, the AI thing is they're planning on using AI to go after people. To, like, it's going to look into your social media. It's going to look into everything about your life, your trends, what you spend your money on, how much, you know, all the places you go. It will basically create a profile of you and then it will estimate what taxes you owe. And it will target you because they'll say, this is nefarious. It looks, looks suspicious and it'll go after you. Now, think about the algorithms involved in this kind of thing and, and what they can do. Algorithms means just pre-programming and what, what, whatever they're going to do to set up a framework of this looks suspicious or that looks suspicious. They set those things up. AI doesn't just, just automatically go after that, those things. They're going to set those things up. And I guarantee you it will be people who are conservatives, people who are people of faith, they're going to go after them. They're going to excuse people who are involved in Antifa. Certain kinds of political activities that they're going to allow. I guarantee you this is what they're going to do. They've done it in the past. This, this can be weaponized in such in ways that you, you would just, your skin would crawl if you understood what they can do with this thing. Now, it's not as, and, and AI, by the way, is not the all-knowing, all-seeing, wonderful thing that they're claiming it to be either. It's, it's a very inept system. Now, it's getting better. It probably will get better as things go on. And, and there's no such thing as artificial intelligence, by the way. There's no such thing as a sentient computer that understands or knows anything. It's, it's, it doesn't do that. It's, it's not possible. And it's, they can create the illusion of that. And in my, and in my opinion, whether you want to say this is the beast or the image of the beast or the the, the uh, whatever you want to call it, Th this is going to be used in the end times. This, this will be the power 
that the enemy will have. Because that this is, everyone's going to be connected to this, you know, and you're seeing it rapidly even across third world countries. You're seeing people connecting to the internet now. So it's, it, it will happen. We are, if you can't see the progression of this, I kind of had a little bit of a vision of the, the way they are tracking us. I, there's, there's more to come with this banking thing too, but the, the digital currency and the cashless society, the whole thing, it's, their whole goal is, is control over you to treat you like cattle. You will own nothing and you will be happy. Because we're told you to be happy. We will own it all. You will just be our worker bees. You won't need, you won't need to worry about anything. Just play your little video games. Look at your phone. Don't, don't look at anybody else on the bus. Just look at yourself. Get lost in your little world. Be happy. Eat your, eat your uh, high fructose corn syrup, syrup and go back to go to bed. So, 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 so. The, the, um, so the AI is, is, is the problem right, right now is that, the, is that the, uh, the IRS is going to be using it. And that's, that's, that's what I want to say about that. And I also want to look at this. Uh, let's see if I can find this thing here. With I'm going to see if I can play this real quick because uh, at some point here, is it right here? So where is it at? Right here, here we go. I think it's right here. By the way, uh, okay, here, I think this is it. I'm going to play this. Uh, it might have a little bit of Kellyanne McEnany on this. Uh, but here he is. He's, he's in Vietnam. I got a little montage of some of the things he said. Now, keep in mind, Good Morning Vietnam was not a song. It wasn't a song. It was a line in a movie. I believe it was... Um, what was the guy's name? I can't remember. Oh, I'm almost going to kick myself for not remembering his name right now. Robin Williams. Uh, he, he was the guy who said it. He was, a, he was the radio announcer guy. Good morning, Vietnam! Because he had a radio program and the whole thing. So let's, let's, let's play this. This is him stammering and stuttering. It is evening, isn't it? You know, there's that one of my staff members said, remember the famous song, you know, Good morning, Vietnam? Well, good evening, Vietnam. I'm just following my orders here. Uh, listen, listen to, to the way he, this, is, this really bothers me. Uh, just following my orders here. Why are you breathing into the microphone like that? It, it sounds almost like his, his talking is laboring. And I, I don't know if he's doing that because he just wants to sound... Like a good old boy, I'm just a, I'm just a common folk. Yeah, I'm just a regular old guy. Now, if you listen very carefully, you can hear there's a very nasal tone to it. There's, there's, there's like, it's like he's got an empty sinus cavity. Like there's, like there's no sinus up there at all. Like just a big cavern. Probably because there's nothing in his head. But that's, there's a, it just sounds empty. 
I notice this quality a lot in people, and usually it's in people who have done some serious cocaine in their life. They've done something that has blown out their sinuses. And the older he gets, the more he talks like this. The, the, I've noticed there's more of a, it, it's like almost as like he's talking, there's just noise coming from his, the caverns of his nasal capacities. But let's, let's keep on going here as he's laboring. his He's getting out of heart. Time getting through. Like, I can't even do it. It's like. Staff, is there anybody having spoken to uh, no, I ain't calling on you. Now it's just going to come to fruition in the G20 is making sure that we build a railroad all the way across the African continent. Think about it. The Indian looks at John Wayne and points to the Union so says, he's a lion dog-faced pony soldier. Well, there's a lot of lion dog-faced pony soldiers out there about, about global warming. He may have a game plan. He just hasn't shared it with me. But I tell you what, I don't know about you, but I'm going to go to bed. We talked about making sure that the third world, the, uh, excuse me, third world, the, uh, the, the, uh, the southern hemisphere had access to change. It had access. We, it wasn't confrontational at all. You can't thank, thank you, everybody. This ends the count press thank conference. Thanks, everyone. Thank you. Thank you. So, so what they did, uh, they just cut him off there. Now, this was all jump-cutted. I, I, I picked the wrong one. There, there was a better one that was actually stretched out a little bit longer. Actually showed a little bit more of his incompetence and his just completely kind of just ridiculous stammering and stuttering on. And he got mad at the reporters at one point. I'm not calling on you. I'm, not call. I'm asking my staff. I'm only going to answer five questions. Can you imagine if Donald Trump would treat people like that? Or if he would have acted like that? And then Joy Behar has the, has the audacity to come out on The View and say, that, oh, he's fit. He's definitely fit. Of course, next week they'll be saying, oh, poor, poor Joe. He had a, he's just not able to do it anymore. Folks, he's got, he's got over a year left before he takes office for a second term. Over a year. He's been in office less than three years. Just over two years. And the decline has just continued to ramp down. They've got something planned. They've, they've, they've got a game plan, I guarantee you. They're, they're looking at a couple different options right now, depending on, on the timing of what happens here with this guy. The people behind the scenes. I, I think uh, Mark Levin now is calling it the Politburo. The, the people behind the man who they they're have up there in the front, which is really a very scary thing here because you realize that it does, the president doesn't matter. It's the people behind, in this, behind the scenes that are running the show here. Joe, Joe Biden is not running the show. My staff, you have anything else for me to say I'm supposed to ask or anything? I'm just following orders here. I don't know what to do. Oh, what, what else am I supposed to do up here? Where am I supposed to go after I get done talking here? This guy is not large and in charge, folks. He's, he's not in charge. When he gets done, he doesn't just get to walk wherever he wants to go. and go. Do, he, he's just following orders. This is a little bit scary. We need to know who's calling the shots on this thing. We didn't elect any of these people. We elect a leader to represent us. We don't represent, you know, we don't look like his, the people around him. But that's what's happening now. The DNC, the Democrat 
machine behind this guy, the Democrats that are there, they are there. They are in it all for the power. They're, they're all there for access and into the power and the money and the control. They, they're not there to serve you. They are self-serving people. Just keep that in mind. And it's just gotten, it's just going to get more pathetic as time goes on. And the news media and others around Joe Biden now are recognizing that, hey, we have to prop this guy up for a little bit longer. And then we're going to, what we're going to do is we're going to, you know, get rid of him at some point. So I will, uh, I will leave it at that. We have um, a possibility of a show tomorrow morning. I'm going to try to do a show tomorrow morning. Tomorrow morning will be actually a long show, and it might actually be a live show if I have a show. Otherwise, it may be pre-recorded on t- tonight. I'm actually depending on what happens during the day today. I'm expecting to be somewhere else by the end of the night. I'm expecting to be someplace over in an overnight, someplace who knows where. Uh, next week, by the way, is I have a couple stressful days. Uh, I believe it's Wednesday and Thursday. It's going to be very stressful. Probably not going to be able to get a show in uh, Wednesday or Thursday. Uh, possibly Thursday. Actually, Thursday might be good. But Wednesday, probably not. Uh, I, already, I already know that ahead of time. It's going to be a pretty, pretty uh, stressful time. So the rest of the week, pray for Joe Biden. Pray for our leaders. Pray for our nation. Pray for the, the leaders, especially our spiritual leaders in this nation. And pray for each other. And um, we'll get through this. God bless, folks. God bless, folks.